I am unashamed. What about you? So I was down at the last week. I was down at my southern lair. Uh, that's what we. <laughs> that's what we named southern my, the southern lair. Uh, Tony painted me a sign that's hanging on my house that says it. So it's like a. It's official now. It's a officially a named house. But because uh, people name their houses down there on the beach, but they're usually some kind of, you know, I don't know. They try to come up with different funny ways to spell beach or you know sun or whatever. I thought this was a lot more legitimate since we had, this is the northern layer. Now I have a southern layer. But yeah, I was thinking about that text, Jason, in Colossians 4 that says, uh, let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. <clears throat> and so we've been meeting a lot of people in the neighborhood. We met this uh, couple's a little bit older than us, great, you know, strong believers. And so we're like, you know, having these stand walking around the neighborhood, having these great conversations about faith and the culture and things like that. So we had this couple over for dinner and then we invited a young couple that's in the neighborhood and um, just, you know, nice people. And but we didn't know them that well. And I didn't really know much about their, you know, whether they were believers or not, but I was, it's kind of like this, that, that text It's like every time you get together, there's always a thought of do these people know who Christ is or, or, you know, how's your life going? But, you know, you're doing it in a very relaxed style, just like he's talking about. I mean, we're telling stories and, and you know, eating, enjoying. And then about halfway through the meal, I don't, I don't remember what prompted it, but the young woman, uh, this couple, I mean, she just opened up. She just went full open on those things that have been going on in her family. She had all these issues, a lot of some dark times, you know, over the past year, and they had just moved there. And then she's crying. I mean, you know, you're just having a conversation and laughing, talking, and then all of a sudden it got right down to the yep. realities of life. And then so we were able to, us, Lisa and I and this other older couple were able to speak into her and talk about that, talk about faith and why it's important, talk about what you do because a lot of guilt, she had a lot of guilt. And it was just amazing, and I thought, this is really, this is it. I mean, you know, eventually we're going to get to Romans 12, which is really just about living in community. And I thought, you know, we just like Missy did in Austin, you move into a new place. So there's a lot of new people. You don't know who these people are, which is unique for us because we've been here our whole life. All of a sudden, we're in this new place, mm. new people, new stories, and then just new opportunities. And so I just, you know, that night after we prayed, I just thought, you know, that's exactly why you have to sort of just grow wherever you're planted. I mean, you're someplace to make an impact. But if you're not really thinking about it, if you're not really intentional, you know, and, and that's the thing. I mean, because look, we had to open up our home. We had to cook a meal, you know, all these things about hospitality and all that. It works if you'll just be intentional about it and you don't have to be pushy. I mean, we never said anything. She just, she was ready. She, and she told us, she said, I, her husband sitting there, she said, we haven't told anybody about this, not even his family. And I thought, man, so whatever it was about us, and what she figured out and just talk, having a few conversations that she could talk about the darkest things going on in her life. And I just thought, that's what you want to be. You want to just be, you want to be salt and light and mm. ready for that sort of life. Well, I like so that. It, it was powerful. I like that verse because it says we, we serve grace. I mean, he, he's given a meal illustration yeah. seasoned with salt. 
you know, because everywhere I go outside of Louisiana, they don't use seasoning. <laughs> That's true. And so it could be the greatest meal ever, and it's like, but it's too where's, dull. The, where's the flavor? Where's, where's, where's the, the zip? The zing. The... Yeah. So when I, I think about Matthew 5, you know, when Jesus, I mean, this is his famous Sermon on the Mount, he starts off giving these qualities that are the way to find him, which is he embodies grace. But, you know, he said, blessed are the poor in spirit and those who mourn and the meek and those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and blessed are the merciful and the pure in heart and the peacemakers. Romans Romans 12 has every one of those. Yeah. But blessed are those who are persecuted and blessed are you when people insult you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you. And, but we're, we know we get, we get God's grace and God's lifestyle from Jesus who was John one says when he, he came full of grace and truth. But then that next verse says, you're the salt of the earth. So it's like you're once you give that grace, then they're going to experience the zestiness and flavor and new desires and new new appetites. Of course, he's looking at it from a spiritual thing, but I just love how he gives you that kind of picture and experience that you see in people. It was all a spiritual thing, but it's the idea of sharing a meal that's like, oh, this this is yeah. While this he is awesome. while he was on the over in Romans. Uh, too, when we read that, uh, preparing everyone for what would come later, 9, 10, and 11. Finally, you get to 12, you get back to what he said in Romans 2. He said, you call yourself a Jew, you rely on the law, brag about your relationship to God. He goes on down there and he said, look, you have in the, in the law the embodiment of knowledge and truth. And then he begins to start talking about their behavior. Do you teach? Do you teach yourself? Uh, uh, you who preach against stealing, do you steal? He's just asking the question, but the answer to that is, yeah, yeah. Uh, you who say don't people shouldn't commit adultery, do you commit adultery? The answer is yes. <laughs> he gets on their behavior, and he didn't bring it up again till he gets through with grace. And the end of the law is Jesus Himself. What he did, what he's now doing, what he will do. He went from salt to uh, to Cajun spice. <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> You're talking about your your sexual relationships. And so those he, people you had just never put a met. Tony Shasheri in there. Those people you never met the other day. It says live in harmony with one another. Let's see. Rejoice with those who rejoice. But what about the ones who mourn? All of a sudden, you you meet some people, and mm-hmm. all of a sudden they're in a mourning state. Mourn with them, with those who mourn. Help them. It'll come your way. Well, this is how you take it. Like, what in the world are they talking about? You know, I don't have time working with their problem. Yeah, yeah. You you come up with 10,000 reasons why you should mourn with them while they're mourning. We talked about that on one of the podcasts, and I've gotten a lot of— That's being alert. I've got a lot of feedback because I told people after years of being with people in bad situations, the worst thing you can do is give them these little cliches— to stuff you've heard somewhere read to, thinking you're making them feel better. You don't. The best thing to do is just be with them. Tell them you love them. Yeah. You know, you don't, the less but said, the better. R- Romans 12 is where theology and behavior meet. Right. <laughs> 
And and so he starts it out by saying, hey, offer yourself, your body as a living sacrifice, completely different than the pattern of the world. Don't go down that road. Stay, stay the course. And you read all those things, you know, it's a, uh, it's it's based on your knowledge. That's right. And it shouldn't be you quick tempered, you know, right. you know, bad mouth and others, you know, forming sides, factions, you know, different groups, why we believe is on and on and on, arguing about the scriptures every day of their life, but not putting up, just practicing love, joy, peace, peace, no no practice of that at all. That's it's a it's a tough thing. And you live in such a way that you, you cross paths. Jace, you tell that story about that somebody you met in a parking lot or something. I mean, just it was like you had people there at the right moment that you were going through something, they were going through something. It was like, you know, God arranged that. But if you're not like aware yeah. that that, you know, then you'll never have that conversation. You'll Some woman visited us the other day and on Sunday morning and she said, You know what's amazing about, you know, I came and met with y'all, you know, and had, had some Bible instruction there from Brother Field. And she said, I, I attended a church down there where I'm from for six months. And she said, not one person ever said, hello, who are you? How are you doing today? <laughs> she, she said, six months of complete. I was there. They were there. You know, about a hundred people. She said, but no one ever said, how, how are you doing today? You know, Do I know you. He, she said, not a word. She said, here, she said, here, I roll into here, you know, and I'm here in Bible instruction and people are taking pictures and this and that. Said, then there's a big feed downtown at a restaurant, you know, and she said, so boy, they this. invited her, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't but know. I just, a lot of it, though, is we're so spoiled with Southern hospitality. And you, I mean, I was in Colorado for a week. People just aren't as friendly. Yeah. And, Southern hospitality, biblically speaking, is practice hospitality. That's right. And someone says, why is it called Southern? Because the further north you move, it begins to play out. (laughs) All you people out north, remember that. That's right. Well, make make a difference. I mean, the only people, there was two different people, because we get to this this swanky hotel, two different people came up and said, now what what band do you play with? (laughs) And I said, wasn't me. They thought you was a rock and roller. Yeah. And so I thought Not that the was the first weird. time you've been. And so then, about two hours into it, I go back to the room or something. And she's, I came back down. Missy's like, "You're not gonna believe this." I said, "What?" She said, "There was a guy came over, but I he didn't. He wasn't talking to anybody else. He came to me after right after you left, and he said, we 'We're doing a survey, and we're seeing, you know, where everybody's from and, and why they're here.' And so." She said, you know what that means? And I was like, they're trying to figure out, number one, why am I with you? Have you been kidnapped? She's like, I don't think that. I was like, well, wh- what else is this? It's kind of like over? Willie Boy drinking a cup of coffee in the airport, and some dude walked by and dropped some change over in, his, yeah. in that expensive brew he was drinking yeah, yeah. and <laughs> gave him some money because he thought he was homeless. Yeah, I was, I was there when that happened. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funny part with that was is I was there, too, drinking coffee. And, and somehow he looked worse off than you. Yeah, despite being 80 pounds heavier. <laughs> Which just <laughs> Willie said he was, looked down in his cup and the dude was walking away yeah, and he said, Look down at you got a handful of quarters in his yeah, he was mad, you know. He <laughs> kinda ruined his buy, cup. Buy but the cert so he said we're doing a survey and so Missy took 
because she thought it, it might it kind of ticked her off. She didn't say that, but but I know by her answers, she went into spiritual war mode and she said, Well, we're from Louisiana and my husband is here to talk about Jesus. And she said, When when I said that, he kind of looked back and said, Oh, well, I've heard of him. But and she that even made her matter. <laughs> and she said, Well, I, I realize you you have because we're counting time by him. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he went, well, okay, that's good. Well, welcome. You know, that, that ended the survey. <laughs> I said, I don't know why I thought of that, but I just, I just thought it wasn't very nice, and I think they were trying to figure out what I was doing because this place, these people have money. Oh, yeah. You know, this was this place was so wanky. <laughs> <laughs> and I just is, didn't look like everyone else. At Bushwood, some people just don't belong. Yeah, that's kind of the way I <laughs> you felt. You know, you start down this list and all of these things, you know, the Apostle Paul, well, yesterday we talked about it. He said, I've learned to be content, whether well fed or poor, the, despite the circumstances. And you start looking at all these spiritual things that we should grow in. Uh, it says, uh, be joyful in hope. Uh, what's that word? Uh, devoted to one another, honor one another above yourself, never be lacking in zeal. Keep your spiritual fervor. Let's see, be joyful in Oh, yeah. Be patient in affliction. You know, you, you read these things and you say, you know, you know, I'm thinking of Miss Kay when old Bobo bit her lips there. He, he, two or three weeks ago, it's all healed up now, you know. She might need a little dose of Botox on one side there. But <laughs> I, are, you I, endor- I, are you endorsing Botox? Wait, no, I looked at her lips. I said, honey, by, by this time in our age, she said, she said, I think it'll help me, Jason's daughter, to know that I'm just like her. Yeah. She said, so my lips are a little bit out of line there. I said, well, them L.A. women, all of them out there, they get that Botox. I said, if you want to them, I said, she said, I think I'll just let it go. I said, I'd let it go. She said, is it bothering you? I said, it ain't bothering me, baby. I think when you get over 70, you pretty well... You're you're past the beautiful lips. You pretty much can't control the going, (laughs) the coming or going anyway. (laughs) That's it. it. It's just just all heading heading down. It's It's like gravity. Let's take a break. So we were talking about these uh, sort of woke people that are out here now it's kind of an interesting culture that we live in um one of the uh sponsors of our podcast uh, is a company called patriot mobile and uh, they're a conservative uh, christian group which is good and you don't see that a lot in cell phone companies most of them are these giant um woke corporations so if you guys want to check them out uh, every dollar that you pay to them is going to go for causes that you probably care about so they have two great offers to choose from you get 50% off your first two months, or you get $100 off of any phone. So that And both come with free Premier activation. So you go to patriotmobile.com slash fill, and you're going to get the details for how you do that. So it's patriotmobile.com slash fill, or you can give them a call at 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. So switch to Patriot Mobile, a company you can trust to support your values, patriotmobile.com slash Phil or 972-PATRIOT. It's like gravity, Jason. You know, it's, it catches up. Sooner or later, everything's going down. It's just... But you know, patient, when you're afflicted, 
you know, that would be a great quality to have just to patiently wait it out because, you know, because it, it applies to many, 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 many human beings. You say patient in affliction. When you when something bad, some you have some mm -hmm. kind of bodily ailment, just well, be patient, you know, and just say, look, I trust in the Lord. I know I'm a child of the resurrection. I'm ready for whatever he's fixing to do here. Including, but, but I've, I've lived my life, including falling asleep, you know, yeah. waiting, you know, for the, so I've lived my life waiting on, waiting on the physical death to come. Cause it's a fact it's coming. Well, I think, oh, it's coming. You know, we've gone through the first 11 chapters and he's basically declaring that this gospel's for the world, for everybody. Look right here. Here's <laughs> when you enter, of course, it, 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 the admonition is back in Romans eight. More than that. Who's he that condemns? This is Romans 8, almost into Romans 9. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. It's the entire gospel story, Bible story, in about this much space. Yep. How much? That encapsulates about this much space. <laughs> he, he's given a visual. It's about an inch. inch and a half. Inch and a half yeah. for you listening. So that's going into Romans 9. <laughs> you turn a page. And then his chastisement of the Jews are basically thinking, uh, you miss uh, your zeal is not based on knowledge, Romans 10. And Christ is the end of the law so that there may be righteousness for everyone who believes. Faith is hallmark. You get to Romans 14 after you pass out of it and get over there on 13. Everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities. So you get down on 14 if we live, we live to the Lord. If we live, if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this very reason, Christ died and returned to life. Well, there's the gospel that he started with. Paul set apart for the gospel, Romans 1. Now we're in Romans 15. Uh, I have written you quite boldly on some points uh, as, to remind, as if to remind you of them again. Because of the grace given that God gave me to be a minister of Christ Jesus, and here's the way he phrases it, to the Gentiles with the priestly duty, he's telling Jews here, I have a priestly, y'all ought to understand the concept there, after his withering barrage up to Romans 15, the priestly duty of proclaiming the gospel of God so that the Gentiles might become an offering uh, acceptable to God, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Little down there, that's verse uh, about verse 14 and following. It gets to verse 20. It's, it's, it has always been my ambition to preach the gospel where Christ was not known so that I would not be building on someone else's foundation. Rather, as it's written, those who were not told about him will see, and those who have not heard will understand. That's why I've often been hindered from coming to you because I've been all over the country there, the world, preaching the gospel. That's Romans 16. And the last thing that's mentioned in Romans 16, just remember, everybody listening to this, when you study the book of Romans, start with Romans 1.1, 1, 1, Paul set apart for the gospel. He went on to say, I'm preaching it to everybody. He went on to say, I'm not ashamed of it, but, but it's the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. So the last thing he says to the Romans is now to him who's able to establish you by my gospel 
and the proclamation of Jesus Christ. Well, that's what Romans 1.1 said. According to the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, no one knew that Abraham and them, they didn't have a good idea of it. It was credited to them as righteous. And David and Elijah and all of them, it's all, they're all listed. But now it's been revealed, made known by the prophetic writings of the command of the eternal God so that all nations, this is for everybody, because that's been their argument with the Jews all the way through the book of Romans. All the nations might believe and obey to the only wise God and glory forever through Jesus Christ. Amen. So he gets on that theme and he never leaves it all the way through the book of Romans. That's the centerpiece, not only of Romans, Jesus, him crucified, buried and raised from the dead and going back to heaven to mediate for us. That is the central theme of most importance, first importance than, uh, than anything in the Bible. You missed that, and you pretty well missed everything. Well, it's amazing. It, it a lot of point. people. It is the point of the Bible. <laughs> it is. You yeah. say, well, what? They, had they missed the point? You say, oh, they missed the point, all right. They missed it big time. Right. Which is why. To this day, <clears throat> it's still, still, they haven't embraced it as a nation. Well, and then. And well, we, we're forgetting it as a nation, so, you know. Well, that's right. I mean, it, it only takes a generation oh. to lose it. You know, Reagan used to say that about. You know our country and our way of living. He said, "All it takes is a generation to forget." Unless and, there's a mass repentance in America, and pretty quickly, we're going to lose these United States of America, and then we're going to cry and scream and bellyache and moan and say, "What? What happened to us?" Simply put, I'm going to say, if I'm still around, you you forgot Jesus, Him crucified and raised from the dead. That's your problem. Uh, I can't. Uh, amen. So I can say to that. Well, I like what he does in Romans 12 because then he's like, Therefore, I urge you, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship, which most people think of worship only happening in through, a, in through, a, through Jewish lens. Right. You, you go to the is, temple, right. which is that big building. And you go inside the sanctuary. Well, guess what we're doing today? The same thing. <laughs> Not in Israel, in America. Yeah. yeah. We're going to a place. I know it. That's worship. And then we leave. In fact, we call it, they'll call it a sanctuary. Oh, yeah. You know, it's it's the, a lot of the tent. Same. And where the preacher stands, that's why when I'm giving a lesson up there <laughs> with a little place we meet, I did it on purpose. I put a little table up there and I talked to them seated. I said, you know why I'm sitting down talking to y'all? I said, nothing wrong with my legs. I could stand here. I said, but they always put where the preacher stands, the highest elevation there is. I said, and he's talking down to you without realizing it. I said, I'm trying to tell you, I'm speaking with you. I'm talking with you today. That's mm -hmm. why I'm sitting at a table. I'm not above you. I'm just one of the brothers pointing you out to give you some instruction. Here's what the apostle Paul said. Here's what Jesus said. Here's what Jesus, here's who he is. Here's what he did. Here's what he's now doing. You ought to behave yourself. If you're shacked up instead of married, you need to get that 30 bucks and pay that $30 you and got, get your marriage yeah, license. You got back into the grace with Cajun seasoning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just saying. Tony So up. what I like about 12 is that we always view that in view of God's mercy as us believing, but it's, it's, it's way more than that because when you – ponder on God's mercy, which you're going to go to Jesus because 
He's the image of the invisible God. That's also simultaneous as you as you view it. He's com- he's communicating through Jesus. So it's more than a, an acknowledgement. Is what I'm saying. It's more than information Think because it. It, it's a it's a communication of that I'm a being that's real. It, right. It's it's deeper, which then leads to what verse two. Don't conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. <clears throat> By the renewing of your mind. This is the same mind that was viewing God's mercy. Which tells you it doesn't happen just boom and it's there. It's a work in progress the rest of your life because a living sacrifice, just the concept of that is you Mm. say a living sacrifice. Oh, What he's saying is there's sinful conduct and a lot of it that you're going to have to give up. Man. Or you're not going to well, have it's a, a, daily, a good impact. I think you're right, Phil. It's a, <laughs> m- most time you you do a sacrifice, it's a one-time deal. But Jesus is the one that did that. So we're a living sacrifice, which is basically a daily Walk. surrender yep. to God. And then whatever you're doing or wherever you are, it's going to be a surrender to others because he gets into that later about don't think of yourself in verse three more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Because you can make an argument he, and preach a sermon. It's a, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a salty, it's, it's a salty life. You're living a salty life. Mm-hmm. You're, the, yeah. you're the light of the world, the salt of the earth. Which is if it loses its saltiness, if you right. lose your saltiness, if salt goes bad, you, you, well, uh, Jesus uh, said it wasn't fit for the manure pile. Well, I, that's the way he put it. Well, Let's take could, a, could you make a <laughs> preach a sermon, Jason, and say we're the salt of the earth and work in that Romans twelve? Go Cajun seasoning. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? Yeah, pretty good. Let's take a break. <laughs> Well, and I, I think obviously you're right. In the look at the phrase "transformed by the renewing of your mind," that's obviously a process because that's ongoing. And plus, Jace made a good point. It's Cajun seasoning. Think about it, Jace. Hey, has a little heat to it. Heat, <laughs> a little heat. Yeah. So, Sometimes it get a little hot. You spicy. <laughs> it's it's like the old the old guy with Fox News. I was talking to him. He said, "You know, I can't believe you voted for Donald Trump as sinful as he is." He said, you know, why would you do that if you're a Christian? I said, oh, Neil, oh, Neil Cavuto. I said, Neil, you've got a few sins yourself probably. What do you think? He said, you talking to me? I said, yeah. You reckon you got any sins? <laughs> oh, Neil said, it's getting hot in here. <laughs> <laughs> See, he did his hand like that. That's because you put a little, you put a little cage yeah, and like seed. Like Jay said, a little cage and seed and a little heat here. Wait a minute, I think you're guilty of a few sins there, dude. <laughs> well, I've always thought, you know, Paul has always framed Every time he talks about the gospel, you notice from the very first chapter, he'll say the to the Jew and then to the Gentile. He makes this point of saying this is for the whole world. So I, I've always thought these first two verses in chapter 12, he sort of aimed at both those groups of people. Because think about it, they have totally different ways of living. And now he's you know, working with all these Gentiles, they don't have a background in temple worship except for false gods. They don't know about any of that stuff. If Jesus ran well, for president of the United States, I'm going to tell you, boys, I'd vote for him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I already have. I already have. <laughs> Look, he's in. I do think a good parallel passage of the living sacrifice and from their Jewish history is in Hebrews 13, 11, 
where he made this analogy. The Hebrew writer said the high priest carries the blood of animals in the most holy place as a sin offering, but the bodies are burned outside the camp, which is what they did under the old law and the nationalistic of Israel. And it says, verse 12, though, and so Jesus also suffered outside the city gate to make the people holy through his own blood. So basically just giving you a picture of the world. He he came to the world. He came to that which you know wasn't his own, and they basically crucified him for everybody. But then it says, let us then go to him outside the camp bearing the disgrace he bore which is the idea of a living sacrifice in the world, not the camp, yep. because that was his lifestyle. I, mean, I, I love this. Because then he says, for here we don't have an enduring city. We're looking for the city that has come. Through Jesus, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that confess his name, and don't forget to do good and to share with others with such sacrifices god is pleased yeah i think it gives you a better image of how like when you view god's mercy god is communicating well how does god communicate well that's through jesus he's the image of god and it's not it's more than believing you're right it's it's a daily realizing you know there's a difference in saying something is true and then realizing it's true once you realize it's true like when you say, "Well, we might we are to mourn with those who mourn," and but it's hard to do that when your your heart is not linked with God, and you're getting His spiritual presence in your heart that's leading to that. Every time I get a frontal assault with with profanity aimed at me, I, I'm I, I'm I'm silent. But you say, but and your 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 face doesn't come up with a grin but you're smiling inside. I'm smiling inside when I'm hearing what they're saying about Jesus Christ. Just, yeah, like I, I'm inside. I'm like, Lord, this, 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 this bunch. I, I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. But I'm not going to hold against them. Maybe they'll, maybe they'll repent. Right. And in, in fact, that's in this text a little Man, bit later on. My point, my analogy is when you, when you're with people, you don't want to be acting like the people who are working for the funeral home. You know, they got the suit on and they're calm and they're all, oh, we're, we're sympathizing with your loss. And, but you're thinking, yeah, cause you just got paid. Yeah. Take me <laughs> when I die, Jace, I'm your dad. When I die, take me to a country embalmer. <laughs> a country what? Embalmer. Oh, you a just want to, you yeah. just want some guy yeah. little shack out in the middle of the woods, you know, so I'll get you, I'll get him in there. I, I you want us to like spread your ashes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. keep the show low key. Keep the show yeah. low key, low key. You want us like just to make you ashes, put you in an urn, and then spread you out in the river? Just st- stress the departure part and not the passing away part. Yeah. We lost old Phil because he died. No. Now yeah. he's old Phil. He's kind of morbid here, Phil. Huh? Well, I'm just saying. I mean, he's getting, yeah. yeah, he's a little closer. It's probably, you got to have these discussions. Well, he's come a long way in his faith because about 20 years ago, we had this conversation and he said, Look, just don't put me in a cemetery. I don't know if you remember this. You said, Just make a box. Don't buy it. He said, Make it. Put me in it. He said, And then just find a curve or whatever and just 
dump me out. Dump me out in the river. I said, Phil, I think that's illegal. <laughs> it is illegal. <laughs> I mean, we don't want, we I didn't realize it was against law enforcement. It is. Know? It is. Well, mm-hmm. the reason why is because the funeral home people have gotten in with the legislators, and that, <laughs> so now you have to be embalmed by a certain period of time. There so, you go. Which one, And you think about yeah. it, why? Or burn. I mean, you can be cremated immediately. Yeah. And that's the cheapest way to go. Yeah. It's not cheaper than just dumping in a hole, but like I said. We're, I think I'll just go with the old-style burial. <laughs> I play cards with a guy who owns a funeral home, you know, and I I have made more jokes at that guy, like, because he'll show up at the card game. I'm like, where's your shovel? You know, and. I was like, you worked the graveyard shift last night? <laughs> <laughs> he was late. <laughs> so was but every time I say, how's business? I mean, it's like awesome. I mean, oh, yeah. it's booming. Oh, it, yeah. it just, he, he they, they got it. It's against oh, yeah. the law to do anything else. Right. And one thing you can guarantee on is death. It's coming. And, you know, so. in our area, there's only, well, there's about four, four funeral homes. So they're getting all the business, you know, so, you know. That's yeah. They, people are dying well, to get into those places. I guess. So my next line, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna have the God conversation because I'm gonna say, look, you're in the business of putting them in the ground, and I'm in the business of getting them out. Yeah, there you go. And just see where that goes. That's a little. That's, that's, I've been, that's salt. That's salty. I've been day. trying to think of how I'm gonna get into that <laughs> conversation. Salty. Well, look, Al, did you know? I'll give you a, a a factoid here. Hang on, let's take a break before you get that factoid. The word used in verse 2 of 12, too, I really like. I've done many lessons on Romans 12, 1 and 2. I love it. It's a great sermon in and of itself. The word transformed, did you know, is the same word used in Matthew 17 and and one of the other gospel accounts where Jesus was transfigured. Hmm. So when I thought about that, I thought about, where is that, 2 Corinthians 3? Because I think what happens is when you acknowledge that God is communicating through Jesus, his mercy, and you believe and realize and ultimately surrender, well, then what happens is the more you believe and realize and surrender to Jesus, the less you become like your old self. Right. It's a simultaneous thing that happens. When you focus on Jesus, the less you focus on yourself. All right. That's why I think he says to your point, Phil, over and over and over and over, this is the point. This is the point. Because the more you focus and realize and realize and realize, the the your old self gets deeper and deeper away. But that Second Corinthians three, again, another illustration from Israel's history, it says in verse fifteen. Uh, even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, which is what we're discussing in view of God's mercy and realizing and surrendering, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Well, amen to that. Mm-hmm. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect or contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. I just think it's a good visual image. You know, when Peter and them, Peter and uh, who else was up on the mountain when they were James transfer- and John. Yeah. James <clears throat> and John. I mean, boy, he was like, 
boy, should I build a shelter? Because evidently there was just radiation coming off of him. But I'm saying, Paul, I, I don't believe in accidents when, when you read this stuff. He was trying to, to give you that image of this is what you become in this world. You're a radiating mm-hmm. source of, of light and joy to other people because you're representing Jesus. I mean, I, I, I think it's a awesome analogy. Well, and, it's, and you're right because the term ever-increasing is the idea that you're growing towards it. His point was Moses was just the opposite. He would he would go in and have a little powwow with the Almighty. It said the presence of the Lord would settle over his tent. And I don't know what all was happening there, but when he walked out of there, he was physically glowing. And But what happened was he would veil his face because the glow would start fading. And he didn't want the people to think that God wasn't with him. So, but and it was fading mm-hmm. because it was that wasn't how God designed it to ultimately be. So it's a great point because it's exactly who we are. But he, he but, made a similar point in Philippians too when he said, do everything without complaining or arguing. Because here we just gave this image of your as you go through the world, and to Phil's point, being patient in affliction. I mean, we we handle things differently because we have the Holy Spirit of God. And it says, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation, kind of like the pattern of the world in, in Romans 12. Then it says, in which you shine like stars, which is the same concept of this shining and radiating. I mean, we're we're basically stars, Yeah, which is so... Contrary to our culture, when you think stars, what do you think? They, you think celebrities, and right. but actually, the stars and celebrities of the world are people who have the Holy Spirit of God. They're the ones doing the shining. It's Philippians too, right? Yeah, I like use that. this a lot in my speeches because yeah. they're like, "Oh, don't, don't, don't think I'm famous because I was on TV. I'm famous because I have the Holy Spirit of God. <laughs> That's right. I'm shining like a star. I'm a rock star. Rock star. But it's actually the Holy Spirit. Yeah, Apostle of God. Paul said it, it. It's you know numerous passages. Th- those who live take special note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. There's a pattern, a lifestyle out that that develops a pattern. Yep. You're not tangled up in worldly events. You're not. Your mind's not on earthly things all the time. Because well, it's not the pattern see of past, the world. You can't see past your, your little life here on planet Earth, and it's hard for you to grasp this unspeakable uh, glory that's coming your way. So it's you have everything to gain; you have nothing to lose. Yep. So we well, told the Corinthians, he it's said, "It's a pattern. Follow my example as I follow the example of the Lord." Um, I mean, that's exactly what we're supposed to be doing. You know, mm-hmm. as we reflect Christ and the Holy Spirit that lives in us, I think Jesus. Part of the thing is people have to. The best thing about Romans twelve one and two, you have to change your concept of worship if you've only got worship to a place or to yeah. a time. This that this changes that concept because you yep. realize if if the Holy Spirit is living in you and you are the temple, I think there's an and that uptick. changes everything. I think there's an uptick. We're helping up the tick, but you just start <laughs> you start it up and you say uh, there's a there's a little movement going on out there across America, Al, and people are beginning to realize <clears throat> they're breaking this down into smaller and smaller groups mm-hmm. in their homes. So just but they don't have. We're we're getting past that. It's a slow slug, but yep. 
but we, we want people to get well, past And the reason that. I know people struggle with this because they'll say to me, you know, I'm really just struggling. I don't feel like I have a relationship with God or with Christ. And they said, but you know, I try, you know, I'm trying to go get back in church. I'm trying to read my Bible more. They start listing all the things that we've connected to what's spiritual. And it's like, yep. look, you got to start out with having a relationship with Christ and him living in you. If yep. you start there, then you're going to wind up in a good place. Yeah. I think what he did here was in Romans 12 was kind of a reflection back to Romans one, when he said, don't conform any longer to the pattern of the world. He laid out the pattern of the world in Romans one, which is basically exchanging the glory of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal man and birds and, yep, and serving created things rather than the creator, believing the lie instead of the truth. Then, then all of a sudden we have a, a gender crisis and men are with men and right. women are with women. And then all the relationships are affected. Cause when you read that long list of sins, almost every one of those, you do that to other people, you know, murder, envy, you know, disobey your strive, parents, malice, strive, deceit. But, yeah, all, so God, so haters, what happens? Slanderers. All, all these people start <laughs> warring against each other. Once you serve created things, believe the lie, don't give glory to God. That's that's so, America. That's well, it says <laughs> that's the pattern of the world. But be transformed. Well, then in verse three of chapter twelve, all the way to the twenty-one, it's the transformation. A, a, a completely different pattern, which in, is not action, of the world, which is basically, I mean, I wrote this down. It's basically unity in Christ, in, in his grace, because he, he says it twice in verse three, he says, for by the grace given me. Then in verse six, he says, we have different gifts according to the grace given us. He's like, this, this is coming from the view of God's mercy. So he which says, is, which would mean it's not from us. Let's take our last break. So we start off with unity, but then he goes to what the world, and they have this out of, out of whack, because there is no grace in the world. It, no, it, correct. Because if you mess up, whether blame. it's 100 years ago or 400 here years ago. Here comes the cancel culture. Yeah. Well, right. They'll tear down your statue. So here we're, we're grace, and it says, then he goes to our diversity, which is when he says in verse 4, just as each of us have one body with many members. So we're all one. We're one body. We're the body of Christ. He's the head. But we have many members. So there's our diversity. And he gets into the gifts. You know, our diversity is we don't all have the same gift from God in representing Jesus. But that's what makes us unique. Yep. But then the, the last thing is the harmony. Despite our diversity, we're all unified in Christ. And what I mean by harmony, it says, if it is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. If it is contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. And all of these things are happening. Let him do it cheerfully if it's showing mercy. And then he gets into these qualities. Love must be sincere. And some of these are kind of hard to wrap your, your brain around, around because then he says, hate what is evil. I mean, it's weird that we have a, we we love to hate something, but when it comes to evil, we're we're harmonious in that. <laughs> we love to hate evil, not people, because he's already addressed that, you know, yep. in in yep. grace. 
and cling to what is good. And so then you have all these lists, but it's all these things that show the same thing. We're unified in this. We have different gifts and accomplishing this, but it make it makes us and gives us harmony together as we're representing God in this you world. Know and done correctly, it's a juggernaut. Oh yeah. What's ironic is the word university is is supposed to represent unity in diversity. The idea is, is that we got all the used to in the old days they'd have the college of and you had all these different colleges inside that university. And so you go there where you're a, you know, whatever, you're a, you know, represent North Carolina University. We're all Tar Heels here, but everybody's doing their different, you know, exactly. going for their different degrees. So the idea is, but we're all one. We're together. Now, ironically, on a university campus is the most divisive, <laughs> hateful, spirited place which is in a, America. Which is a sign of the whole country, yes, exactly you can't. We right. cannot be any more divided. The book of Romans was written, right? But that's why I wanted to point that out. That's what I was thinking because because people of the pattern of the world, they're like, well, we're trying to promote diversity and diversity and and diversity, and I'm like, but you're just promoting division, right? We cannot be any more divided in yeah. our culture, whether it from whatever politically or socially or economically or even racially. I mean, it, there's just so much division out there in all these little counts. And they're trying to say, well, let's, let's get, how are we going to get together? Start but, with, start with my daughter, check out and make sure you, you get the spirit of God involved and not, not your human spirit, you know? Well, I, well, right. Because you don't have grace, but the grace comes first. Yep. That's why this whole started in view of God's mercy. Because I think that's the problem with our world is there's no way to start over or unite because we're mad about what some group did or somebody did or what color they were, who did it, and we we all rally around. And, Hundreds and, of years ago. Or, yeah, yeah and, and it's like you're never coming back together because there's no grace. But, yeah. There's no way to start over because they're not going to forgive you and I'm not going to forgive them, and I'm just going to. I'm going to spin everything that comes up in a way that makes you look unfavorable. Yep. yep. Forget whether it's the truth or not. That's and right. that's basically, I've just summed up the news cycle 24 seven, whichever <laughs> one you go to, they're putting their spin on it. They're putting their other spin. That's why you got to start with grace. Well, and truth. So I, I was, they were doing this little like, you know, person on the street deal. And they were interviewing these college kids that were mostly young women that would step over to the mic and they said it was around the 4th of July and they said are are you proud that you're an American and every single one at least on this thing I don't know if there was one that didn't but they never showed it said oh absolutely not I mean this 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 is terrible and then they would go into all the grievances like Jason was talking about and I just thought it was Georgetown University which is just outside of the capital and I just thought I mean this is no, none of these people. I mean, the, the, but they're every but day they wake they up. To. But and, Al, I don't think they want to. It, there's a there's an interesting line. I mean, they're saying America's terrible. But here's what I'm saying. You know, Phil Walgo brought up about the pattern, hold of the pattern. Jesus is the pattern Correct. and the power. Correct. And one of the things he did in John five, because he had this man who was sitting by the pool, or whatever. He asked a strange question. He's like, "Do you want to walk?" And that's what I feel like, you know, the cure has got to be grace and healing 
Now, I, that was a physical thing, but the same thing happened spiritually. I think if you ask these people, I'm not sure they want the healing. Yeah. It, it, it's like you get to a point where you're so bitter and divisive and you're fighting for your cause every day. If you really wanted to cure the world, at some point you'd have to want to. You'd have to want to love whoever you're mad at. And I just don't think, I think that's the problem. If there, you actually said, look, I have an actual way yeah. to to do that. Do you want do you want to to love them? I think they're bored with living. They're bored. Possibly. They're bored. They just get up in the morning, they're not good. Night. There's no there's no meaning to their life, no yeah. goal, no you know, coming together. It's they're they're bored. What was the Doc yeah. Holiday line about Johnny Ringo when he said <laughs> yeah. something about it's kind of a morbid yeah. view, but <laughs> he got a hole he said, in his heart. <laughs> he said, Why is he why is he why is he so angry? And he said because he was born for being <laughs> for born. Being born. Yeah, for being born. <laughs> he said he's got a hole in his heart. Right in the middle of it. You can't fill it with enough misery and mystery. <laughs> And that's what I think. That's what it is. I think. I mean, we we talk a lot. A lot of times with people in addiction, the unfillable hole. There's a reason why you get involved in this lifestyle of destroying yourself, which makes no sense that you would do it, and yet people do it every single day. Take this, and I'm not bored anymore. Right. I'm high all the time. Yeah. Well, this you're is, just this is the way to roll. Right. Yeah. And Jay saw the results of that out in Colorado. I mean, you'll get a the whole you'll get get to where you can't hardly function as a society. If you got a bunch of stone people around, you can't even put a burger together. Yeah, I asked one of them Colorado guys. I said, Well, how's it how how's it feel to be the dope smoking capital <laughs> of the world? You know, the guy I was fishing with up there. He said, The biggest problem is in he said, You pull into a fast food place and he said, You get the guy high as a kite taking your order, he said, I've had to leave before because <laughs> we can't even have a conversation. <laughs> That's he's amazing. like, no, a double cheeseburger. And he's just, yeah. ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> He said, I've had to leave the line. I said, what are these people thinking? He said, I don't know. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.